Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. When it's meant to be, it's up to me. I want you guys to start out today's show by writing that down. When it's meant to be, it's up to me. That takes the control back from things that maybe you are believing would help you achieve your success and puts it back on your shoulders. It's it's ultimately about what we like to call extreme responsibility. So start out your notes for today's show by saying, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. We'll talk more about that in a second. Julie, welcome to today's show. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here. I've got a great story right out of the front lines of real estate from one of our fantastic coaching clients when you are ready. And then I think we will wrap up our discussion about stuff they're no longer allowed to say out loud or to themselves along the lines of what you just said. Take responsibility, accountability, extreme ownership. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. So we we are going to pivot and talk about investing uh, starting tomorrow. Um, uh, in our book, Harris Rules, and thank you for continuing to make that the number one international bestseller that it is. And if you're listening to us for the first time, hop on over to Amazon and do consider purchasing Harris Rules. It is available in all different formats, including audiobook. So uh, it, part of that book is basically working up to the crescendo, really. Why are you working in your business? Why did you start a business? Why are you an entrepreneur? Why, why, why? And most of you, if we had, you know, what would it be probably 112,000 of you that listen to this show on a regular basis. If we had you all in a room and we were to ask you that question, we'd get all kinds of different answers. But after we sort of drilled down all the different answers, here's what we would hear. Freedom. You guys got into real estate. You, you took a job to pay your bills, right? You went to college to basically have a, to be employable so you could get a job to pay your bills. You got into real estate for the fulfillment of your dreams. Many of you got into real estate because you wanted to essentially take control of your lives and ultimately create freedom. That freedom, I have news for you, does not come from being your own boss. That actually is sometimes, that's the biggest double-edged sword that there ever was, but that's a different conversation. The reality of it is, is most people will never experience freedom because they're not clear on how to define that. And really what freedom is, is where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. By the way, that's also our definition of rich, and that's what we talk about in the book. So the whole point of you going through all your trials and tribulations of work and mastering your skills and becoming the best version of a salesperson that you can. Yes, I said salesperson. <gasps> Boo, hiss. But there it is. You are a salesperson. The, the reason that you have to evolve to the point where you realize your highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to others. And then you have to mature to the point where you know every single day, if you want to have ever increasing successful things in your life, health, body, you know, everything. It's all about doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. When you are able to make those things at least in action at the same time, you will uh, create massive momentum in your lives. And then you'll start to get closer and closer to the point where you can create financial freedom. And here's really the basic formula of it. Your goal should be, and this is not from your real estate practice. Some of you are saying, I have a real estate team and my real estate team creates whatever, whatever. Nope. I need you guys to seriously consider investing in in rental properties that will soon someday be paid off and maybe other businesses that you're not running where you're just an investor, those types of things. 
And you get to the point where the money coming in from those businesses covers all of your personal overhead. In other words, if you didn't list a house, sell a house, call a seller for a price reduction, dredge through the snow to open up a you know frosty lockbox, if none of those things actually happen, and you just wanted to sit on the beach all day, guess what? You will be able to because your money's working for you and you no longer have to work for your money. You will get a stack of checks or electronic trance easier to accomplish that goal than you think. And you, most of you can accomplish that goal in three to five years, no matter where you're starting out. You just have to have some, a series of coming to Jesus sessions with yourself. And then when you do that, you will find that you'll start building massive momentum in the direction of having financial freedom. Again, I'll suggest that many of you, if we were to press you, would say the reason you got into real estate was financial freedom, but you've lost track of it. Or maybe the thought itself wasn't that gelled to begin with. Read our book and it will be. Julie, before you tell a story, I have to tell you a story and you will think I'm making this okay. up. Are you ready? All right. I'm not ready, making this up. I, I, Julie and I have been on solid coaching calls today, so this is actually the first time we've talked since early this morning. Joe and Reno, the number one agent in Reno, who we've been coaching for, on and off, you know, for basically three years. You know what I'm talking about? Joe Wozniak. Okay, so listen, this is a true story. He just got back from Hawaii, and and Julie has a client who's in May, who lives in Maine rather, and he just got back from Hawaii. And Julie, Joe told me that he was the underbidder on the same pineapple farm that your buyer no. in Maine was trying to buy. I kid you not. <laughs> no way. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Oh, so we had, co- I, we had two. We had two coaching clients. I haven't heard from him yet. This. Yeah, Goodness. but isn't that crazy? I, so listeners, Julie has been telling me this story about one of her clients that basically is living in Maine where they got like 40 feet of snow on the ground. And the guys are freaking her. Uh, what's his first name, Julie? Remind me. Sean, right? Sean Bernard, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yes. ha- Sean goes to Hawaii all the time. Sean's an incredibly successful agent in Maine, has a great real estate business, has wanted to live in Hawaii. I guess if you live in Maine, that's, a, you know, who doesn't want to live in Hawaii, really? But you're in the right. Uh, Massachusetts, yep. right. Same area. Lots of snow. Okay. So he flies out there on a regular basis and he's been trying to you know, figure out a way that he could actually live out there. And Julie got an email from him saying, look, I've just had it with this Massachusetts weather and I'm going to finally decide to you know, make the plunge opposed to you know, doing this half here and half their life. And he found himself buying a pineapple farm. And uh, I had my first call with Joe this year. He's taken a lot of time off. He had an incredible year last year. And he told me this story about this pineapple farm and the details he was giving me were identical to what you were telling me about what Sean was trying to buy. Same island, 24 acres, you know, less than a million dollars. I mean, how many of those can there be? So anyway, I thought that was just a hilarious story. What a coincidence, huh? <laughs> I know. And the, even beyond that, you know, while Sean was out there, he's also meeting with one of our other coaching clients who is a broker. Yeah. So there's another connection there. So small world, right? I, I think that's pretty cool. That's an amazing story, though. It's fun, though. Yeah. So, Jill, you have a story you'd like to share. I do. And this is, I don't know, maybe five or six paragraphs. And we're going to pause. I want people to actually write down some little anchor points here because this is such a great real-world story from Stephen Black. And he didn't, uh, doesn't know that I'm sharing this, but I don't think there's anything not to share here. So this is right from our private Facebook page when we're coaching clients, Stephen Black. He says, So I got this email from a listing lead site that charges 25% to give you a lead once it closes. Okay, well, that seems fair. Information on the lead form was accepted, and it said, quote, seller wants only a strong conservative slash Republican agent. Well, I laughed to myself, as that's just not who I am, but I reached out anyway to them via voicemail and email. Okay, so stop. First point, he's being versatile, might not be his exact cup of tea, decides it doesn't matter, he's reaching out anyway. 
They responded, and after shameless self-promotion via email, they invited me to come over for a visit. I really wasn't expecting to get too far since they seemed so conservative, but I kept an open mind. We toured the property, five acres, barn and a shop, greenhouse, above-ground pool, all is, all is good. I brought my laptop, but forgot my portable hard drive, so my listing presentation was on the hard drive, and I thought I was sunk. But then I started just sketching it out on paper. Again, versatility, didn't give up, had a backup plan. Okay, now by the way, that's another reason to have a hard copy paper version of your pre-listing package, but we'll get into that later. Well, okay, well, so then, cover there. Jill's hover there. Yeah. So listen, listeners, do not do not present on your iPads or your computers or your anything else. Do not send them digital versions of your pre-listing pack or your listing presentation. Always do things with paper. Um, we're not going to talk about it right now, Good but there's right all here, kinds. Right? Well, there you go. And yeah. there's all kinds of psychological benefits to basically making it so that there's. If you have them looking at a computer and a monitor, you're going to spend too much time basically looking at the technology, and they will not concentrate on you. You will not be in control. The little digital device between you and the seller is going to be what's going to be controlling the conversation. So go ahead, Julie. Go ahead. That's it. Okay, so then the husband gets up in the middle and answers the door. It's their pastor, OMG, in the middle of my presentation. The pastor, and he disappear into the back of the house for like 45 minutes while I keep presenting to the lady of the house. Their tune at the beginning was that they're interviewing several agents and you're the first. He says, damn, I thought I should have been the last. Okay, so stop there to improve, and he's doing a good job, but to make it better, should have used the pre-qualification script from our coaching class because you would have known, and then you could have been last. But... He goes on to say, finally, I'm done with my presentation. She says, thanks, and we're interviewing someone else on Thursday. He says, hmm. She also said a couple of other interesting things. And here's an excellent point that should keep you guys on the phone, especially those of you who have used the excuse, everybody's calling, they're talking to everybody else, all that crap that you're not allowed to say to yourself anymore. Okay. She said some other interesting things, that she called two local agents who live in her neighborhood. She even gave me their names, and I know who they are. They're well-established agents. And... Both of these agents could not be bothered to visit with her. They gave her some general price impressions over the phone. Unbelievable. These are like long-term agents in the area. Wow, I was shocked. So you see how it's not always what you think, right? So then he says, okay, then I asked her to sign the listing agreement. Nice job closing. He asked her to sign today because I was there and because she liked what I was saying. At first she says, no, we like the guy coming on Thursday. He sounds so nice on the phone and he says he's sold properties around here. Well, I know the agent, have done deals with him. I ignore that part and just tell her that I brought the necessary form so we can get started today. And she says, well, yes, I'd like to care, take care of this, but, you know, my husband is off in the back room talking about finishing a remodel with the pasture, and I'm sorry he got up in the middle of your presentation. Let's see if I can get his attention. Do you have time to hang out while he finishes? Okay. So then our client goes on to say, long story short, although <laughs> too late for that, but uh, he, she finally gets hubby back at the table, and I hit all the major points in my presentation one more time. And then I just pull out the listing agreement. That's the assumptive close, listeners. And I say, we can post date it for when you get back from your trip to Arizona when you'll be picking out your new, where you'll be picking out your new house. It's keeping them motivated. And they just say one more time, well, we need to see what the other agent has to say on Thursday. Okay, so at this point I realize I know this agent, and I live 10 minutes out from the property, but he lives 40 minutes away. So I play that card saying I can do last-minute showings, and I don't mind since I live so close by. There's silence. They look at each other, and I just push the documents towards the husband, and he says, where do I sign? 
Okay. <laughs> so he says, okay, okay, I'm excited about this because this is the new me as a result of simply listening to daily coaching calls and great podcasts. And no, I'm not being paid to say this. Before this coaching from Tim and Julie, I would have just folded at the least sign of resistance. But I just hung out and said, let's take care of this now. Here I am. And they wanted to take care of it now. In the end, it was an item on their checklist, and they were glad they could check it off with confidence. He goes on to say, and this is the end, uh, another thing, I offered to contact the agent they were going to interview next and tell uh, him lightly, uh, politely that they wanted to make sure, uh, and I did, and I was polite, that he didn't need to come over. Thanks so much, Tim and Julie. Everything you teach us is true if we will only use it. I'm going to have a great year. So that was from Stephen Black. I know it was long, but I thought there were a lot of bullet points there. So, Stephen, listen, I can well, congratulations on taking a listing, but Stephen, starting at the top, you didn't pre-qualify. I mean, maybe you did right. for motivation, but you didn't know you were where, right. You didn't follow the whole pre-qualification process that's outlined in Premier Coaching. Number two, I assume you sent the pre-listing pack ahead of time, but I didn't hear if you said that you did. Within your pre-listing pack, you're supposed to not only have all the pages of the pre-listing pack exactly as it's displayed on Premier Coaching. That's a copywritten, proven to work in every market and every price range pre-listing pack but you also were supposed to include all the listing paperwork in the pre-listing pack, a CMA with a range, a net sheet with a range. So the range would be say, you know, 499, uh, let's, let's say the low end would be 475 and the high end would be 525, showing them all the different you know, possibilities are for what they might net. You're supposed to send all that over ahead of time. And the most important thing you're supposed to send is the 20 questions that they can use when interviewing other agents along with your answers. Stephen, all of that information is on the website. Just download it and use it exactly. You are only using what sounds to me like a third of the whole process. We have made it easier than you're making it on yourself. And a lot of the experiences you had, you would not have experienced the negative, you know, gut clenching, you know, butt uh, puckering experiences you had there had you followed the whole process. And here's the other thing to consider. When you were there, I can tell you did not follow the actual listing process. You did not follow the pre-listing process. You did not follow the pre-qualifying process. And then you did not do the actual listing presentation correctly. I did not hear you say the word Sharpie close, another copywritten process that Julie and I created. That would have made your entire presentation a half hour long and at max, and they would have signed it and you would have been out of there. You, I did not hear you talk about going on a tour with a digital recorder. So where do you go with this? You can either feel like I'm beating up on you, which I am a little bit, to the point of you need to start making changes. Or you can realize how much, frankly, now that you're willing to, you know, you're setting appointments, you're showing up, you're asking to have the contract signed. If you were to start following the overall process, you can actually do things at a higher level with more efficiency and have a more of an assured outcome. So everyone who's listening, you guys are all celebrating his victory and so are we. But the fact is, is there were so many points in that story that Julie was just reading where I could see that he could have failed. Yeah, he's just getting started, right. but there's so many points where he could have set himself up for failure and he didn't. I mean, he fortunately was able to take the listing, but that the moral of the story here is Stephen and everybody else. Right. It's you got you got you are risking way too much on that listing by not following our process. You're already paying for it as far as as, as part of premier coaching. Mm -hmm. Just use it. It's easier. It makes your life less stressful because then if you don't follow the process as closely as possible, what's going to happen is you're going to be winging it too often, which means that sometimes you'll do things one way, the others you'll do it another, and you won't have consistent results. This is a That's business true. approach to Here, your business. The, well, here's the good part. You can see from his story that he has 
deeply applied the mindset that we teach, like not giving up, continuing to close, being versatile. And now, and, and you had a victory, which is great, but I would agree with Tim here that it was still highly at risk. It could have gone the other way. Imagine how great you'll feel when you apply the actual structure and scripts in addition to your new improved mindset. Now you're going to be really unstoppable because at the end of, of uh, what he said was this is going to be his year. He feels really great about it. Well, imagine how you're going to feel when you're that much stronger because you're following a real system. So just thought that was a great example to share with our listeners. That's right. Thank you for sending it in. And anyone else wants to send stories in, we're just trying to help. So we are going to be critical. Motivation, true everlasting motivation comes from knowing that you have the skill set. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's, we're not here just to rah-rah you guys and tell you little stories and make you feel a certain way. We're not going to try to pull your heartstrings and read little chicken soup from the soul stories like everybody else does. What we're doing is we're focusing on giving you tactical, practical information that's not just making you feel a certain way. Oh, Julie, I feel warm and fuzzy and I feel motivated. That's just temporary feelings. Temporary feelings are useless and they're worthless. From our perspective of being coaches and presenters, guess what? Doing that type of presenting is easier. Telling you guys motivational stories and doing raw, raw bullshit is easier than what we do. We give you real information that's designed to actually help you. That means we have to be frosty and stay working all the time. Well, what's the end result? You guys have a lot more success quicker. And it's also, we think, the only real way of doing what we do with integrity if we make sure that when we're uh, communicating with you guys in any of our formats, be it private coaching calls, be it you know, semi-private coaching calls or on the podcast or whatever else in person, we never will allow ourselves to be lazy or coast. If we know there's a way or, or that we can say something or do something where you guys are going to get maximum benefit from it, we will always do it. So we're finishing up the points that we started on. Uh, Julie didn't want me to. <laughs> I know I finished up on point 15 and I said I was going to wrap it up yesterday. But Julie wants to drill down on the last five points. So jump in, Julie. Yeah, and some of these are easier than others to get across. So number 16, I don't have the proper degree or designation. Really? Real estate is one of the best, easiest, fastest ways to get into your career without that requirement. You don't have to have some real estate designation to go list a property tonight. That's pretty awesome. Designations are great, but don't use it as an excuse that you don't have one. Okay? Lots of very successful agents that are just simply licensed. Point number 17, I don't want to be pushy or aggressive. Boy, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that on a coaching call. I don't, you know, I don't want to be seen like that agent, oh, like a salesperson. So here's the example that I wanted to use on this, Tim, so we covered this point. I think everyone has an example they can think of. When they left their house or their office with the mission of buying something specific, be it a car, a big screen TV, um, a new iPhone, and they went to the place they were going to do it, they're all geeked up, they're getting their new what have you today, and there were salespeople there, but they didn't give them the time of day. They didn't walk up to you. They didn't say, how can I be of service? How can I help you? What happens in that situation? Let's say that you're going to go buy a new Lexus today, and the salespeople kind of blow you off. You know, They sit at their desks. You're wandering around. You're opening the car doors. You need help, but nobody gets up to help you. Don't you walk out of that dealership and go next door to look at something else where somebody will help you? At least 80% of this is just showing up. Okay, When somebody wants to do something, they want you to close them. And by the same token, when you're prospecting and doing lead follow-up, if they don't need your help, don't translate that as rejection. They just flat out don't need your help. When you make it about you and you make it about rejection and you use the excuse, I don't want to be pushy or aggressive, that's an expression of ego. 
Would you agree well, with that, Tim? Dr- it's not obvious. Sure, of course. Well, let's drill down on, the, on that. Your interpretation, to Julie's point, of what it is to be pushy and aggressive is not what the perceived or what the potential buyer or sellers is, right? In other words, so many of you guys will say, I'm not going to cold call, or I'm not going to make a call to my centers of influence and past clients. I'm not going to go talk to that physical. I'm not going to hold an open house and ask people to register so I can call them back later because I don't want to seem too pushy. Well, the message that you're actually sending is that you don't give a shit and you're not serious about your business because everybody knows that when they're dealing with a professional, that professional is not going to sit on their hands when they can be offering to be of service. The mindset shift that you guys should seriously consider is realizing that all a great salesperson does is basically helps people accomplish the goal that they already said that they have. Julia's example of walking into the Lexus dealership. You don't walk into Lexus dealerships for fun. You want to buy a car. The salesperson who's, oh, I don't want to be too pushy. I want to let them walk around for a while. I don't want them to jump down their throat. What's the message that he's sending? He's really thinking, I don't want to be rejected. He's really saying, I don't want to, I don't like when people are pushy with me or what I think is pushy. So I'm not going to be you know, overly aggressive with them. He's basically thinking about all these thoughts that are about him. He's not thinking about them. He's not thinking about the fact that they only have 20 minutes. He's not thinking about the fact that they wanted to buy a car today. He's not thinking about the fact that, you know, it's just a huge inconvenience for them to actually have stopped by in the first place. And wouldn't it have been nice for them, him to see what's happening. The pivot has to go from thinking about you to thinking about the other person. And the best way for you to overcome your fear of being perceived as being pushy is just to follow a scripted and basically have a professional scripted approach. When you do that, when you follow a scripted approach to your communications with buyers and sellers, the questions will basically do the work for you. And all you have to do is ask them with a little bit of your own personal style. And remember, guys, our scripts. We want you to internalize them. Then we want you to personalize them. Don't just skip to personalizing them, though. You have to internalize them first. Otherwise, you'll screw the questions up. Don't try to, You can memorize them, but the memorization and then just parroting them back the exact way they were written often leads to failure because you're not using your own speaking style. You're not, you're not, they don't feel like yours. They feel like you're, you're always being forced into using somebody else's words. And when you do that, chances are you're never going to click with what it is you're supposed to be saying. Versus if you were to internalize and then personalize. There's nothing wrong with personalizing stuff, guys. But you first have to know the actual sequence of the questions. And then if you want to play around with it a little bit and have fun, go for it. I mean, that makes selling fun. Selling is the greatest job ever. you know. Or it's the worst job ever if you basically are living in your head too much and not really realizing the fact that your highest and truest purpose on this planet as a salesperson and everything else is to be of service to others. Next point, Julie. All right. The next point. I can do that tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year. That's just good old-fashioned procrastination. I have the easy cure for that. Replace those thoughts with, I'm a doer. I do things now. I get things done. Procrastination is also an expression of ego and laziness. And I'm not going to give it much more lip service because I want to kind of wrap this up. But memorize, I'm a doer. I do things now. I get things done. You say that even 10 times today, procrastination is no longer an option for you. I use it all the time. Okay, uh, next, I don't have the energy. Well, you guys know how to get the energy. It's something you can indeed manufacture. Most people that are using that, that's another laziness excuse. You're probably not having a starting time and ending time regularly. You may or may not be having healthy eating, nutrition, not drinking too much types of habits. You can fix this. This is absolutely in your power, but mostly it's an excuse. So manufacture the energy. I'll tell you, ever since Orange Theory, I have more energy, not less, even though temporarily I'm exhausted from it. Your physical condition is a reflection of your fiscal condition. They do go hand in hand, and we've done entire shows about that. 
I'm sure we'll do more. Well, so hover there, okay. hover there, hover there for a second. And I know the last one yep. you want to say, so but hover there. So she's saying, if you guys are willing to take on the, uh, you know, I don't even know what you want to call it, the, the brutality of Orange Theory, <laughs> Orange Theory Fitness or something similar. No, you cannot go to the gym by yourself. You have to basically be signing yourself up for some sort of group or personal uh, trainer type deal. That way you have accountability while you're there. You have accountability to show up. You have accountability amongst your peers. You have accountability to the coach. If you're not willing to do that, then you probably just are never going to actually show up at the gym on a regular basis. That's the reason there's so many gyms, guys, because so many people sign up for them and never go. But assuming you are willing to take that on, and Orange Theory Fitness is, you know, participate in that, it's great. Um, and then what happens is your physiology starts to change. You know, your physical energy levels, your physiology in terms of your everything starts to change. And then the actual work in your business becomes unbelievably easy because you already have the energy flowing through. And when you do the heavy lifting of your business, the things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them at the highest level after you've gone to the gym and done really what you didn't want to do it, you know, the going to the gym and doing Orange Theory, when it comes back to the office and you do what Tim and Julie ask you to do, you're going to find that you're able to blaze through it because Orange Theory was so much easier than what we ask you to do. So just keep that in mind. Number, number 20, and by the way, guys, we, we probably should have drilled down on this. This is a list of things that you should never say or allow yourself to think. If you can prevent the thought from popping in your head in the first place, that's great. But if not, then you, when you feel these thoughts bouncing around your brain, recognize them for the defeatist type thoughts that they are and show them the, the exit. So point number uh, 20, last one of the you know, three-part show we did here, is a, it's a waste of time. So many of you guys will use the it's a waste of time. Uh, and, a, and a sort of an ugly kissing cousin of that one is people in my office said that didn't work. Like, here's what I, I just think it's hilarious. I hear this all the time. I'll hear people say, you know what? I'm not going to try expireds. I heard from so-and-so in the office that it doesn't work, or I'm not going to call centers of influence and past clients, or I'm not going to call that for sale by owner or whatever. You just go through this long litany of things you supposedly heard or read someplace, something you picked up in the ether and use that as your excuse to actually not do it. Guys realize that really long-term ever increasing success in this business, it's not difficult. Matter of fact, this is probably you know, people ask us in email frequently because we have lots of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. You know, it's you know one of the top rated podcasts in the training section on iTunes. So we get lots of people that are, you know, looking for opportunities in, other than just the normal nine to five. And I get it. And they'll email us. And they'll ask us. They'll ask us business ideas. So I, I always go back to the same thing. There's a lot of brilliant businesses out there. You know, there's a lot of great ways to help people make money and have a great life. But I know of none that are as good as real estate. Real estate is so brilliant for so many reasons, but really there's no barriers to entry. And when you have inventory, i.e. listings, you don't have to pay anything for those listings. You know, if you wanted to open up a restaurant, if you wanted to open up any kind of other business, your biggest expense, which is going to prevent most of you from ever doing anything in a business anyway, it's going to be the startup expenses out of the gates. It's going to be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And here's what's amazing. Even after you start, say, for example, a restaurant, most restaurant owners make like one or 2%. They make no money. Most, you know, if you go through the litany of businesses that are out there as you're driving around going to your listing appointments and you're going to go list a million dollar house and when it sells, you're going to make a 3% margin on the thing or whatever, you're making more money by far than all the businesses that you passed on the way there because of the fact that real estate is such a brilliant opportunity. And what does it take for you to be really successful in this business? Skills. It takes you knowing what to say. 
you know, we're coming out of a market that was most that was largely relationships based, who you knew. Now it's going to be what you know. As it becomes more competitive and as markets start to shift, and we're already seeing that start to happen in the middle price ranges, it's going to be about having conversations with sellers that maybe a lot of agents will never or have never developed the skill set to have. I'm not saying there's a big slowdown. I'm just saying there's a moderation of the market and a lot of markets. We're hearing it from our coaching clients every day. Have the skills, guys. Focus. Drill down. Have the commitment to yourself that 2018 is going to be your best year ever. If you make 2018 your best year ever and you really focus on what we're asking you to do, you're going to have a great, not just one year, but probably a great five years. This could be the greatest five-year run of your entire life. This could be the, the next five years of your life, if you choose for it to be, is going to be the absolute first major stepping stone that's going to set your entire family in a different trajectory. You, first of all, are going to get the benefit, and then your immediate family. You know, we're talking about different lifestyles. We're talking about you creating a legacy if that's something that's important to you. Why? Because that is really, at the end of the day, if you're putting in the effort, you got in this real estate business to be free, to be financially free. Why do you keep on putting up barriers to prevent you from accomplishing that? Why do you believe that you can buy leads? Why do you think that you have to form a team in order to basically have lots of net profit when the opposite is true? Why do you believe that there's an easy button when you know intuitively, duh, there's not? Why do you make it so hard on yourself and waste so much time and cause yourself so much anguish looking for alternative paths when what we say every single day will get you there quicker than virtually anything I've ever come about? And we're, guys, we're going to tell you things you don't want to hear when you don't want to hear it at the highest level. That's what this show is all about. So listen, I got to buzz off. If you guys want to, uh, to communicate with Julie and I, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Reminder for everyone, if you've not registered, for the Agent Millions event. Um, I think we're going to be doing one or two more in the next uh, few days. The Agent Millions event is a interview series that we've done with, it's like 21 top producing agents, most of which are our coaching clients, all of which I think there's maybe one that doesn't earn over a million dollars per year. I wanted you guys to have direct exposure to the folks that have been associated with for a long period of time so you can see the benefits of basically staying in the mode that we ask all of you guys to stay in. And you will find that they have an absolute, uh, it, the stories that they tell will seem very familiar because it sounds very similar to what we ask you to do on the show. And I think sometimes if you, you know, some of you skeptics out there, you'll hear Julie and I saying what we say and you'll say, well, they're just trying to sell coaching. Well, we are trying to sell coaching. That is true. But the fact is, is what we're trying to sell you also works. So sometimes you need outside third-party validation, and that's what agentmillions.com is all about. So go to the agentmillions.com event, register for it, and then listen in. It's a lot of fun. And uh, listen, guys, if you need us for anything, it's Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.